climb aboard if you dare for our new road trip through Scotland. Scenic and beautiful, but of course, looks can be deceiving. Join your hosts as they take you through some of the most terrifying places Scotland has to offer. If you feel safer, you're welcome to wait in the camper until we return. Just know it's had a history full of attracting some heinous, curious creatures, thus being its intended purpose, of course. Fleeing, however, would be ill-advised. Who knows what strange things you'll encounter out there? So far, far from home, where no one will hear you scream. Let us light a warm fire and begin our tale of horror. Your victims, I mean your listeners, have been warned. Tom. I'm Tom. And I'm here in our trip to Camp Rocher, and we'd like to thank you for being brave enough to join us for our fourth season of the Scare Your Pants Off, our Scotland road trip. This is episode number 11, and for our haunt, we have set up camp at the Witchery by the Castle. So how you doing today, Shay? I'm doing really good. You realize now, after this episode, we have seven more, ep- in seven episodes, we hit our hundred. That's insane. That is crazy. I mean, it's... Whew. Who would have thought? A couple of years... What's it been? About, when did we start this? Two years ago-ish? Yeah, right? 2020. Like, we were kind of, like, mid-COVID. So, like, like 2020-ish, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we haven't... We've put out an episode every week for the last couple of years. And 100 is just about two years, right? 52 weeks in mm-hmm. a year. So, Wow. That is, that is wild to me that we've done that that many. Time flies when you're having fun. True, very <laughs> true. So, um, what's new? Have you watched anything? Have you anything going on? So, <laughs> so again, like I said, I, I I have a PS5 now, and my my kid got us. Um, for him and I to both play uh, Hogwarts Legacy, and it is—it's been so. I know you're not like the hugest Harry Potter fan or anything like that, but it's—it's it's so much fun, and it's—we play games very differently. He is very much sporadic. This looks like a fun thing. I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna try this and whatever. It's, and I'm very goal oriented, and I need like uh, there's tasks in the game, and I'm and I strive to do the tasks and whatever. So it's funny because. He has more hours in the game than I do, but I'm leveling up further than him in some ways, while he's obviously leveling up further than me in other ways, because whatever, but, um, so I'm actually progressing a little bit faster than he expected, and he likes, he likes watching me play. I can't watch people play video games, because it actually makes me very nauseous, even with my motion sickness bracelet on, it makes me nauseous, but he likes watching, so... He was watching me play for a little while yesterday. He's like, I haven't even been here yet. I haven't done this. And I have like four hours on him. So like, I'm having fun doing that right now. That's like the biggest thing, I think. That's awesome. That, yeah. Have, have you watched anything? Um, Not too much. I watched a cool documentary. It's got two seasons on um, HBO. The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Very, very interesting. Um... It, essentially, it breaks down these people 
adopt an orphan is also a little person and has a lot but it's like a, a, a a pretty rare and not great case of like the dwarfism so it requires a lot of surgeries and stuff like that because of the dysplasia from from it and anyway and she's from the you uh, um ukraine originally and kind of bounce around gets in this family and then this family it's it's a wild story because you don't know who's like you know um this family ends up re-aging her which is not uncommon on international adoptions because birth certificates are uh sometimes faked or don't exist at all and so they'll lie about kids ages because usually when people adopt they want to adopt younger so they'll lie about people's ages and um so they re-age her and it's almost like the movie orphan like it like legit is she is she an adult and it plays out and i'll tell you it's it's very interesting and i was on one side and by the end i'm on the other or and almost near the end i'm on the completely other and then by the very end you just i it, it's i think it's a little from each i don't want to give away too much because it's very very interesting and it is very even in it the little little person talking about the re-aging and she goes yes this family they the the lady the mother that re-aged she's like she got her playbook right from the movie orphan it's play by play so yeah. it's um definitely, <laughs> definitely interesting worth a check out and that's on hbl max two seasons and the way it ended there possibly could be a third season now because it's it's like they had a little addendum at the end that even more crazy stuff happened after they finished shooting the second season and thought the series was over so so it's it's funny because as you started talking about it, i was getting super orphan vibes and i and i almost didn't want to i didn't want to say because i was like i was like oh i don't want to be mean to yeah like whatever but if, but if that's like wow if that's what's going on that's terrifying yeah, it, it it's wild and it's like a roller coaster because, like I said, you start off and you're like on one of the sides, and then yeah, it, you, you flip flop as it as it progresses. Uh, so I watched that. Um, I'm watching Ted on, um, but I haven't gone too far on Ted, but it's pretty funny on Peacock. Um, it's a prequel. Oh, I finished Letterkenny. That was good. Sad that it's over. I know you're not the biggest Letterkenny fan because of the accents, and which I totally get. There's certain characters I cannot understand at all. Yeah. One um. So I get that. I so, but I finished that. It was, it was sad, but there's gonna be more. There's still Shorzy, and then he's gonna be possibly another show um, within the world of Letterkenny. You know, not. Letterkenny, but some sort of side shoe off it. So that might be cool. I finished, finally finished. I had been putting it off because I was sad that it got canceled. Doom Patrol, and that was good. And I'm very excited for the upcoming se new season of True Detective. A new season's coming out, and uh, I cannot wait. Yeah. I love that I show. think it starts tomorrow, doesn't it? I think it starts, yeah. I think it starts tomorrow, and that looks so good. Right. 
it's I love that ever I, I I still think the first season was my absolute favorite um, but every season was great it just it's that that show and um Fargo when in like because they don't come out yearly always but when they do come out oh god they're two of my favorites so and that's about What's up? Speaking of Peacock, actually, there's there's two other shows, and they're only half-hour shows. I'm pretty sure they're about half-hour shows. That if you don't have a lot of time and you want to check some like two things out that are pretty good, there's a mm. show called Killing It on uh, Peacock, and it's I, uh, I think you love it, good. Yes. So good. And then and then there's a show called Based on a True Story. So good. Oh, cool! I'm so glad you watched them because they're, they're they're really. We just started based on a true story, so we're not like current current, but um, it's yeah, it's really good. It's it's it, and it's kind of like right up our alley. Is I mean, you know, it's neat. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I'm ho um because I believe there's gonna be a second season, so I've been um yeah that I I yeah both those killing it because I love Craig Robinson. And I like the girl. I can never remember her name. The uh, the main actress there. She's from either New Zealand or Australia. Um, yeah, she's hilarious. Everything she does, she is super funny. She was in that show Love on Netflix years ago. That Judd, I think it's a Judd Apatow um, show. And yeah, she is just hysterical. I love killing it. And then based on the true story, yeah, that's just like like you said. It's like right up. What my alley of what what I like about shows and podcasts and and um, so both of them yeah really really cool shows. I feel so bad for the girl and killing it. Like I just I want yeah. I, I just want her to be okay. I just want I just want her to have good things. I feel my heart breaks for her when I'm watching it. And it's a comedy, so it's a funny show. But yeah, she breaks my heart. She just, a poor freaking thing. <laughs> I, I know she's got the worst luck. Oh god, it, it, she is sad. It is sad for her, but it is a very, very funny show too. It's uh, yeah, that's a good. I don't know. Are they doing a third season of that? I, I don't even know. I honestly, I don't know. I haven't seen. Okay, now you you watch both seasons though. Nope, we're we're oh. almost through. I think we just finished the first one, so we're 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 on to the second one. We're just not done with it yet, but it's <laughs> yeah. It's, I call him. I know his name is Craig Robinson, but in my head, like when I talk about him, I talk about Doug Judy. Yeah, <laughs> so that's who he is. Yeah, I love it, Doug Judy. And you got to say Doug Judy every time. You got to call him by his full name, Doug Judy. <laughs> yep. Doug Judy every time. Yep, exactly. Exactly. That, those two. That's like one of my favorite bromances. Him and fucking Jake Peralta. Doug Judy yeah. and that is one of the greatest bromances in in sitcoms. So yeah, he is. That's uh, yeah. I could see by the um on season two the way season two ended. I could see it having more episodes, or I could see them ending it. Yeah, either way, I could see it. But I I. I would lean toward more ha having more episodes because there is more to explore, I think, especially with her. Um, but yeah, I hope they do because, like you said, they're they're funny, easy watches, only a half hour show, so it's if they go by like that, it's uh, good good shows. Um, there's another show, and I can't remember what it's on. I'll, I'll have to look it up, and we'll we'll talk we'll post about it on uh, Facebook if we need if uh, 
if we think of it. Um, it's called Bucky. Bucky? Yep, and it follows basically these two bookies. They own their own they own their own book, they own their own like little company or whatever. And it's 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 a comedy that's kinda serious. Well I should say it's more serious and it kinda has comedic aspects to it, but it, it give give Bookie or the Bookie a Google and it's a it's a show I think it's on Max. I'm almost positive it's on Max. But it um it ended up being there were some moments that absolutely had me cracking up. They were pretty funny. But um, that was a good one, too. We would definitely check it out. Always looking for <clears> new, <throat> new stuff to watch. Okay. All right. Well, uh, do we have anything else? Or should we uh, jump into the Curious Creature of the Week? I'm, I'm happy to jump on in. All right. Well, you have our Curious Creature. Pay no attention to those distant screams of terror. I'm sure they're just our heinous creature or cryptid. You should be safe right here. I do. So, I want to talk today about the red caps. Have you heard of them? Um, I've heard of it, but I have no idea what it is. I've just heard red caps. So this is probably the most or amongst the most heinous uh, creatures that we've talked about, I think. Now, the red caps can be found in abandoned castles along the border of Scotland and England. Now, red caps are also known as uh, powery or dunder. Now, they're small, twisted, goblin-type beasts. They had the appearance of old men with clawed hands and big hook noses. They were known to wear iron-clad boots, but somehow managed to be incredibly fast despite their heavy footwear. Now, they would lay in wait to ambush weary travelers or brave explorers, and they would ambush them with rocks and boulders, hoping for an easy kill. Mm. Right? Now, red caps are not mischievous tricksters. They are evil, malevolent marauders. Oh no, sorry, murderers. I wrote that wrong. They're, they are evil, malevolent murderers. Now, the red cap name comes from probably the coolest thing I've heard in a cryptid, I think. So the red cap name comes from the custom of soaking their hats in the blood of their victims. Ooh. <laughs> and what makes it creepier is that it's been said that if the red caps that the red cap would die if the blood on his cap were allowed to dry. Oh. Right? Now, it's believed that the blood may give them magical powers. Now, there's two things that it's said that you should do. If you were to run into a red cap, this might not be what everybody would, would choose to do, but it's what is believed you should do. Now, first, you should recite passages from the Christian Bible, and these holy words should strike fear in the goblin's heart and make them run away. <clears throat> now, it's also said that you should hold up a crucifix 
and this will cause the red cap to burst into flames, leaving only a single sharp tooth as evidence. Oh. Right? <laughs> now, when the birder, birdor, I don't know how to say that, but castles were built, the men who built them would perform human sacrifices in order to purify the foundation stone. They would cover the cover and soak the stones with flesh human flesh human blood? Fresh human blood. And the souls of the sacrifice would take the form of the red caps. Um, early in the fourteenth century, a cruel evil noble, nobleman known to some as the Wizard of the North because of his known ties to black magic, he took on a familiar, Robin the red cap. So he took on a red cap as a familiar. That is very cool. Wow. Yeah. Now, William desired the crown of Scotland and dealt his soul to Robin the red cap in exchange for goblin magic. Along with his soul, he agreed to an unending supply of victims for the red cap. Nightly screams were heard coming from the hermitage castle and local villagers claimed that the weight of the sins were so heavy that the foundation sunk to avoid being seen by God. Now, William was granted protection via goblin magic. No lance, spear, arrow, or anything could pierce him. No sword or knife could cut him, and no rope could bind him. The locals said, uh, the locals send word to Robert the Bruce, the King of Scotland. The King brought an army to Hermitage Castle to confront the, the treasonous William. Despite the goblin magic, he was outnumbered and overwhelmed. Now, due to the magic, no ropes could bind him. So they used links of lead, and, was, and he was sentenced to death for treason. Due to his impervious nature, he was put in a cauldron and boiled and burned alive because nothing could cut him and nothing could stab him or puncture him. So Robin the Redcap was never found and it is said that he looted the castle and hid it. Some think that the treasure is hidden in Hermitage Castle to this day, guarded by Robin. Now, yeah, so that's that's the Redcaps and I... I was blown away by how completely messed up these things are. I, I loved it. So cool. So cool. Um, I remember when we were, you know, going through the list other than picking and what we were going to do, thinking I wanted the red cap. But because um, I had a feeling it had something to do with the red cap. First of all, I love humanoid sort of uh cryptids i just i'm fascinated by it and it just the title and i know it's completely different but calling it a red cap it made me think of when i had covered back in i don't remember either season one or season three razor shins i know oh, they're completely yeah. different but just the whole i love when when their name is <laughs> a feature on them like that like okay red caps well yeah they wear red caps uh, razor shins well yeah his shins were razor blades <laughs> like, like razor sharp i i so i'm a fan of that um 
I totally it forgot about parent. that one. That one was so funny. Yeah, it was a weird one, razor shins. And I believe if you left it whiskey, it left you alone or something. Something like, like that. You left the razor Angor whiskey, yeah, and, uh, but uh, it's a parent. It's, you know, like I said, humanoid, but wild, but the hook nose, hands, the feet, it's just... This, I, I loved this. This is, it's got a little bit of everything that you want in a cryptid, a weird, you know, a, 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 a different cool name, a weird appearance, um, strange abilities, like, that's like the, the best type of cryptid in my opinion, where it's got a crazy, crazy look to it, and um, it's got good lore, and it's got some sort of magical powers. Those are my, my favorites, because not all do. Um, how you kill it and or like burn it and it all, they can't be punctured. I love that, all that stuff. But you burn it and it leaves only a single tooth. Yep. <laughs> so that means all the other teeth are burned off. Um, can teeth be burned? I, I, I thought teeth were, uh, oh. and I know this is completely different. You know, this is a cryptid, not real life <laughs> or uh, are human, but. I know in cremation, there can be teeth, they can, you can still find, maybe not all the teeth, but you can still actually find teeth in cremation remains and, uh, it, and actually bone fragments. You can find, a lot of stuff can survive being burnt and it's, uh, it's almost unsettling. I don't know that you've ever had, I, I don't know that you've ever had your hands in cremation remains or, or anything like that, but, uh, there is absolutely, a lot of times there are, there are fragments of bones and teeth. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, I mean, my I have an urn in my house for my aunt um, and stuff, but I've never, yeah, I've never put my hands into ashes. So well, I think uh, they I, I clean not. them out, though. I think I think they I think before you get them, they are typically cleaned out, but some stuff can be missed, so it's not always found in the stuff that you have, but it can be. That's what I, because I thought that, you know, a lot, I, I mean, I'm sure anything at the right temperature can be be burnt down, but, like, I remember hearing that teeth usually, like, remain, because that's how they identify bodies a lot of times in fires, because everything else, you can't get a fingerprint, you know, or anything else, but, uh, yeah, very interesting, that'd be kind of, yeah. like, pouring out ashes, and all of a sudden teeth just start falling with the ashes, or so, ugh. Um, but, uh, alright, so, I'm trying to read my notes, I was scribbling real fast, uh, oh, dude with, that made a red cap a familiar. Yeah. Fucking baller. That is badass. <laughs> like, it really is. That, that dude is the coolest motherfucker in the world, right got, there. He's got he stones, like, like, giant fucking stones, yeah. Yeah, just, just love it. Um, yeah, it just, overall, just, let's see, what's, uh, what, oh, I, um, you know, obviously, called a red cap, because soaking the hats and bloods of the victims, that's pretty freaking cool, too, yeah. like, it, 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 you, know, you go into war with this thing, and you just see the, all the blood, I like the little detail of, if the blood dries, that, you know, that they they can't have the blood dry on the hat. I, I think that's just a cool little detail in there. 
Love that. Um, oh, and then recite passages from the Bible or hold up a crucifix. It's always, always with the the religion yeah. stuff. It's uh, 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 to get rid of it. But if that is the case, I mean, yes, they're evil murderers. But to hold up a crucifix, like you can hold a crucifix to a murder. You think that they're demonic in some way or anything like that or i don't know it's i mean i feel like so it's funny because like my uh my more my more logical brain doesn't doesn't feel like that that's that that's possible i guess but it's yeah i mean it, i don't know i i feel like so i feel like if this kind of like gonna deep dive a little bit off topic but like i feel like when it comes to things uh, and i'm not saying exorcisms are fake. I'm not saying that people can't be possessed. I'm not saying I'm saying none I'm not saying none of those things. Do I think it's the devil or a demon doing it? No. But prayer being used in a lot of the expulsion of those things, to, to get rid of a lot of things, to remove things from places for people, stuff like that, is very heavily based on faith. Now and I and I know that's up that almost sounds obvious, but it's actually not, I don't think, as heavily rooted in a person's, in the person who is possessed faith. Because if they are actually possessed, if they are being taken over, their faith does not matter. In my opinion. And, and again, I could yeah. be wrong, and it could be unpopular thing, but for me, their faith does not does not matter. But the faith of the thing within, inside, within them does. Because it's them that has to be scared out. It's them that has to be cast away. It's them that have to be banished from wherever they are. So they have to actually be the ones to believe that it will work. They have to have that fear, that, that fear and faith that it can damage them and it can pull them away because if they don't believe that, then it won't work. Now, it, I find a lot of religion is based on fear. So I feel like that's why it would work and I think that's also why it's a lot of times construed as a demon. Why it would burst in the flames? Not sure, but it's yeah. I I don't know that that part. I'm not too sure, but that's the mind can do I love insane things. No. I love that explanation that they have to have the faith. It's not so much what the the victim believes; it's what the demon, the entity, whatever you want, whatever you call it in your world. That's a that's a. I I really like that. I hadn't heard somebody put it that way, but that's. That makes a lot more sense than just just like exorcist to me. And I'm not again like you. I'm not saying exorcists are fake at all. I'm not. I don't know. You know, never never actually seen a real one. So it's um. But I love that. That's a great explanation. Um, but that was great. That was a great cryptid in general. I really, I real. I'm gonna do a deeper dive on the red cat because that one, that one's right up my alley of stuff I like in cryptids. That's very, very good choice. Well, thank you very much. Oh, all right. Do we have anything else on the red cap? I don't believe so. All right. Well, I have the haunt this week. Ah, you're still here. Step on in for those terrifying haunted tales. 
I'm sure there's nothing to really be afraid of. And this one is pretty cool. I I picked it because of the name, and I didn't know anything about it beforehand. Um, I'm discussing The Witchery by the Castle. And just the the name of it, its title, its moniker, the witch, I mean, it has witch in it, so that's really, really cool. So, The Witchery the by the Castle is currently a bed and breakfast and restaurant located on the Royal Mile near Edinburgh Castle in Edinburgh, Scotland, not far from the Witch's Well. The restaurant opened in 1979, with the, the bed and breakfast following some years later. Yes, I said 1979 so, uh, um, is when the restaurant opened, but the actual building was built in 1595 for merchant Thomas Lothian, or Lothian. Uh, the building itself is known as Boswell's Court and, and was subsequently named after John Boswell, an eccentric physician who lived there and while living there would entertain his nephew James Boswell and a friend, Dr. Johnson, very often. Later, the building would be used as an office and rectory for the Church of Scotland, um, and the area the building resides in is known locally as Castle Hill, um, which Castle Hill has quite, this area has quite the history. During the 15th and 16th century, it was the site of hundreds, if not thousands, of executions. A plaque in the area suggests that more than 300 women were actually burnt at the stake here at Castle Hill for, yep, witchcraft, because, obviously, <laughs> most <Right>. women, <laughs> you know, um, and, well, actually, most historians believe before they were burned at the stake, they were actually beaten, tortured, then strangled to death, um, or near death, but usually to death, and then burnt. You know, just just to make sure. <laughs> just we're gonna do all this just to make sure. It's a little overkill, in, in my opinion. But anyway, it is believed that many of these witches still haunt area and the. Uh, uh, the witchery to this day. People have claimed to hear strange sounds, mumbled conversations, have rocks thrown at them, uh, have heard screams and cries, and even felt like something had spit on them. One person even claimed to see a procession of witchers, witches chained together walking towards what is thought to be their execution. Another apparition that has supposedly been seen here is thought to be that of Jane Douglas, known as Lady Glamis, and she was executed on Castle Hill in 
1537 for allegedly plotting to poison King James V. Like the witches who came after, she was burned at the stake, and like the witches, she was probably tortured beforehand as well. It is said that she now haunts the streets of Old Town, seeking justice for what is seen as a politically motivated murder. The final apparition I'll discuss today is a bit of a different one, um, but I want to make it clear is n by no means the only, uh, are these the only haunts going on here. There is a lot more going on here that would just be, you know, a very long episode if we went through everything. Um, so, when a couple named Graham Milne and Carol, I don't know what her maiden name was, got married at the Edinburgh Castle in 2013, they stayed at the witchery for their wedding night. The next day, when they went to check out, they were delighted to find out that their friends had phoned the hotel and booked them a second night. On the second night, Graham had a very odd experience while they were while they were in their room. And they were in the same room as the previous night. The friends were able to um, get them the same room so they didn't even have to switch rooms, which happened to be the armory suite. On the second night, though, the atmosphere was very different in the room. Uh, heavy, in a word. Carol, who, uh, the wife, a spiritual healer, was is supposedly quite sensitive to these things and wasn't very happy when they walked in the room. Feeling unnerved, she went to bed while Graham stayed up to make some tea. The suite had a long corridor leading to a kitchen. On the way back, Gra Graham was carrying two big mud when suddenly he could hear a dog scraping its claws on the stone floor. Then all of a sudden, a dog appeared in front of him out of nowhere. It was a great big skinny Irish wolfhound. I don't know if Shay, if you or any of our um, listeners out there have ever seen an Irish wolfhound, they're very, very big. I want uh, one in every way because they look like a werewolf. I I want one yeah. so bad. They're beautiful. We, uh, I had a friend when I was in, in elementary and junior high, and I guess even high school, um, they had an Irish wolfhound, and I remember going over in like junior high. Oh, I was having went to that like little parties or something, and this dog, when it was on its hind legs, was taller than all of us by <laughs> by a lot. It yeah. was it, very, very. They are like you said, they're very cool dogs. Um. So anyway, back to the story. It the wolfhound then bolted towards him and was. Uh, upon Graham in about three seconds. Uh, according to Graham, the tea went up in the air. You know, he's so startled and scared, he throws the tea up in the air. And, um, but right as the hound reached Graham, it just suddenly 
disappeared. And that was it. So I, uh, I, I don't blame him for throwing the tea. That's uh, creepy. A dog out of nowhere, and then it just charges at you and then disappears. Um, but anyway, that's about it for what I am going to cover. But again, there is a lot more going on here. Um, definitely another place added to my list to visit. Although it may be a while for this one due, <laughs> due to its prices. So... Cosmo Magazine, Cosmopolitan Magazine, named this hotel one of the seven wonders of the hotel world. And so as you can imagine, it's very expensive. From what I saw, and I think this was pricing from a few years ago, a night starts at about for like, uh, you know, like uh, just for two people, about $700 rooms start at a night. So might be a while before I get there because that's pretty expensive, but that is witchery by the castle so <clears throat> that is okay so that was really cool now one one kind of cool thing that i i didn't actually know initially i know who lady glamis was but i didn't really obviously she was uh she, she was <laughs> she was killed for uh attempted murder via poisoning of james the fifth so <clears throat> the so first, and I, and I feel like I say this every time we talk about, like, witch trials and hanging of witches and killing of witches for really probably pretty bad reasons. But, no. More often than not, again, these women were trying to heal. Medicine back then wasn't, it, it, I mean, I guess it technically was a science, but it wasn't a very, it wasn't a very in-depth science yet. We didn't know anything yet. We knew some. We knew some things worked, some things didn't. Sometimes they worked sometimes and sometimes they didn't work at all. I don't know. But it's... <clears throat> so a lot of times they were trying to heal. In the case of her, so it's a lot of times, so it's called uh, it's T-H-U-J-O-N-E. I think it's Thujone. I'm not sure. Poisoning. So what that actually is, a lot of times it is something that can be found in an absinthe drink back then, and it would be used to aid in certain things. And I, specifically what he was suffering from, I'm not sure, but it is actually very commonly... It's commonly a consequence of certain herbal remedies, because uh, there's neurotoxin in it now, which is something that's kind of cool. It actually ties into a little bit, because... Uh, some of the paints used by Vincent Van Gogh had a lot of the same type of stuff in it, and it led to the same type of poisoning for him. He became very, 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 very ill, and it's actually because of uh, the herbs and stuff that were in uh, certain colors of paint. You know, it's like some colors have lead, and some colors have this and that, and it's uh, so... Um, but, like, wh uh, white lead would have... Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, would have, like, lead carbonate and uh yellow would have like lead chromium and it, it but it's it was all very detrimental but again like i'm saying she she was probably trying to heal him somehow and then and then failed and then they call it poisoning because if you don't get the outcome you wanted of course you're gonna punish her because why wouldn't you yep <laughs> but that makes a lot of sense i mean everything you said and it's <laughs> i 
especially like absinthe. They it, 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 absinthe had all sorts of weird stuff in it. <laughs> so like the wormwood that made you hallucinate, and it just yeah. So I didn't know all that, and that's very interesting. Um, and makes a lot of sense what you just said. And then you brought up the, you, and I feel like it's like an episode or two ago, <clears throat> where your haunt was. People were there were reports of people feeling like they were being spit on, and yeah. again, I'm just getting that feeling of like non-compliance, and it's a good non-compliance. It's a non-compliance you want to get behind. It's uh, they're telling her to believe this and surrender to this and whatever, and she's sticking to her guns. Or whoever's sticking mm -hmm. to their guns, and it's and it, you're spitting in the face of what you don't believe in, and that is like the highest form of disrespect. But when they're trying to tear every last bit of who you are away from you, that's what you would do. And it's it's I I don't know it's gross obviously, but like I I don't know why I like when I hear that because it makes me feel like they're they're fighting it for the end, and I I don't know I kind of like it. I do too, fighting back, you know, of something that is insanely crazy to burn people at the stake for witchcraft and just insanity. Yeah. So I do, I, same way, I love that they're at least fighting back and being like, no, you're fucking crazy, guys. Yeah. We're not crazy, you're crazy. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <sighs> All right. Um, any, anything else we want to discuss on the witchery? No, it was a good one, but I think that's all I got. Alright, yeah, that was a fun one. Um, I believe you have our strange encounter for the week. survived, and just long enough for our encounter beyond strange. I do. So, <laughs> we've said this before, and I'm going to say this again. Scotland's really hard for the, for the strange encounters, because it's, there are so many. There are literally places that are just littered with two seconds of details for hundreds mm. of different sightings. I know. Same, same problems I've been having. So I'm going a little bit of a different way. So initially I was going to do, I, I had mine set, but it was, it fell under a different name and we've already done it. So it's, I'm going to go strange encounter, but not alien this time, which is fine because we do that sometimes. That's awesome. Love that. I'm going to talk about the stone of scone, and I know, and I hear scone, and I want a scone now, like a cranberry orange scone or a blueberry chocolate, whatever. I want a scone. Now, Celtic legend said that the stone is Jacob's stone. I'll, I'll get into that after. Now, Jacob's stone was uh, special because it was consecrated to God by Jacob after he slept on it and had visions of angels. Now. The stone was said to be taken to Ireland by the prophet Jeremiah, eventually ending up at the Monastery of Scone. 
No. The stone was seized by King Edward I during the English invasion of Scotland during the English invasion of Scotland in 1926. It was used during the coronation of monarchs of England as well as Great Britain and the United Kingdom. Now the monarchs used to sit directly on the stone and elf until a wooden coronation chair was built around it in the 17th century. So if you look at pictures of this thing, it's a rock. It is literally a rock that a chair was built around and it's and it's but it's big. It's very interesting. <clears throat> now in nineteen ninety six the British returned the stone to Scotland where it is kept with the Scottish crowned jewels at Edinburgh Castle. Now there's more to it than that. Um, in 1914, the stone was split in half in a bombing, and that was part of the Women's Social and Political un Union Suffrage Bombing and Arson Campaign of 1912 to 1914. Uh, the break was not noticed, though, until in 1850, four Scottish students removed the stone from Westminster Abbey with the intention of returning it to Scotland again, the pieces were given to a Glasgow politician who had it professionally repaired, and the British government searched for the stone unsuccessfully, and upon hearing it was taken to Scotland, had it returned to the Westminster four months after its removal again. So this stone is going everywhere. Now... <laughs> Geologists, however, have confirmed that the stone is old red sandstone, which is likely quarried in the vicinity of Scone, which brings us to the Westminster Stone Dairy. Now, according to the dairy of the English Army, it took three months from the border of Scotland and absolutely intended to take the stone more than enough time to hide the stone and make a fake. So they basically took it and hid it for three months and gave them enough time to make a fake. Now, there are other theories that the stone could have been switched by the four students or the Church of Scotland in, in 1950. I don't know. Now, there are lots of stories and myths surrounding the stone, and it's worth looking into on your own. If you have the time, now jump down the information rabbit hole, because this is super weird and super interesting. Now, for anybody who doesn't know anybody, it's, it is a little biblical, but for some reason, this it, it's a stone, and it's so interesting. I don't know what is so... Everybody is just, like, crazy about this thing. Now, for anybody curious, uh, Jacob is the grandson of Abraham, son of Isaac, uh, 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 the traditional ancestor of the people of Israel, and stories about uh, Jacob's start in the Bible, uh, Genesis 25:19, and Bethel is an ancient city of Palestine or Palestine located just north of Jerusalem. I wanted to say those so everyone would know kind of where it came from. So this is called the Stone of Scone or the Stone of Destiny or the Stone of Jacob. So I, I don't know why it's like people are nuts about this thing and it is I, I have I didn't see anything about like like no one feels magical on it no one feels closer to 
to God, no one. It's just so weird that they are, and no one actually knows if it's the real one or if it's broken or if it wasn't actually broken or if it was actually broken and then fixed. And it's very strange. That is so interesting. First of all, Stone of Skull. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that is super interesting. And for some reason, just because it's a stone, what keeps popping into my head is the Plymouth Rock. <laughs> Have you ever been to Plymouth Rock? Yeah, numerous times. I So being from Massachusetts, and I'm really like 20 minutes from Plymouth. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a rock. <laughs> It's it, 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 it's a small rock too. It's and it's got sixteen twenty pressed yeah. into it or whatever, yeah. and it is one of the most disappointing well, things. On top of it, you can when you visit the Plymouth Rock, that's not really even not really even the rock. Like I don't know if anybody, I mean, if anyone plans on traveling all the way to Massachusetts to see it, it's not really the rock. It's I mean, Plymouth is beautiful. Go to Plymouth. Walk the waterfront, yeah. check out the shops, do all this stuff, but if it's a rock. Yeah, exactly. It's so disappointing. I mean, we always joke, it's like, yep, that's exactly where they landed. That's exactly, that was the first place in America. But it, it's, yeah, if guys, if you're coming, Massachusetts is beautiful. If you come to Massachusetts or Cape Cod for a vacation, it, it's great. But don't get your hopes up about Plymouth Rock. Because it's literally just a rock. It's very, very disappointing. Even as a child, when my parents took us there, it was like, that's it? It's it's more than you would think. And it just, you just go, you look at it, and you're like, oh, okay. And then you got to stand there and be like, well, how long do we have to stay to be respectful before leaving? Because it's so disappointing. But this sounds really cool. The Stone of Scone, um, and just the the title, the tone, that, that gets me every time. Um, it, it is weird. Why are they so wild about the stone? I don't like, know. It's so strange. It's just, you know, uh, consecrated to God from Jacob, but it, it's very, very bizarre. I love when we are uh, our strange encounters go outside of just you know the UFOs. I'm always here for that because that's just because there's a lot of different types of strange encounters. Um, but yeah, this one I I, I got to do a deeper dive on it because I am fascinated now and to figure out what is the deal like why like why are like and to be passed down through history like this and it's stolen like, like they're stealing a rock it's a fucking rock guys it, it's uh, so but yeah amazing choice i absolutely loved it i, I like i said i am gonna do a much deeper dive on this because now i'm just i i'm I am fascinated and perplexed at the same time, so I got to get more answers here because this is fucking strange. So, so it's it's funny. So like I obviously I'm I'm born and raised in Massachusetts. I went to Massachusetts public schools. Field trips to Plymouth Rock are common and freak. I I had more than one field trip to Plymouth Rock, and they have <clears throat> sorry, and they have now I think it's called the Mayflower too, whatever. But it's a it's a replica. Of the, and that's kind of to walk on if you're 
four feet yeah, tall and, and, and have no curve to your body at all, and that's great. And it feels very small, and it's very, you know, it's cool as a kid, but as an adult, you're like, well, no. So, so when, you, when you know you're going to a field trip to the Plymouth Rock, it, for those of you who haven't been there, you, you walk down, and, and again, Plymouth is beautiful, you walk down the street on the sidewalk, and there's this, like, structure with columns built around it, and then there's a pit that leads to the sand of a small section of beach that is gated off, and there's, again, like you said, there's a rock with 1620 stamped on it, and it's, and you go, and then you've learned about all this stuff in school, and you learned the story, you know about how they land, whatever, how they landed, wherever they landed, whatnot, and it's, and then you have to go there and look at the rock while someone tells you what you already learned in school and have probably done this field trip 15 times. <clears throat> the only thing that might be a little bit worse than that field trip, if you live in Massachusetts, is the third time you have to go to Plymouth Plantation. And <laughs> the first time the first time is cool like you get to see you get to help churn butter and, and and really that's it actually you get to help churn butter and that's the cool thing you get to get to do there um but it's yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember plymouth plantation still and just being like really mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd be I'd go back to Plymouth. It's been like, I I probably wouldn't go back to Plymouth Rock, and I don't even know the last time I was there. I've probably only been once in my life, and but um, but I I think I would go to Plymouth Plantation again just as an adult to look at it through a different lens because I'm not I didn't grow up in Massachusetts, so um, we did do a field trip, but it wasn't at, uh, to Plymouth Plantation, but I think it was only one because it's you know it's. From me, it's well over an hour on a bus with kids, so they weren't really keen on doing that too often. But um, it, so I, I'd like to see it through my adult eyes, maybe. But yeah, Plymouth Rock—it's a scam. Yeah, go it's a fun you go to Plymouth for the waterfront. Go there for the shops. Go yeah. for the food, the ice cream, the restaurant. Yeah. Just yep. like peek at the rock if you really want to, but keep walking. It's. Yeah, the other side. Yeah, they got real. What, what's the really, really famous uh, ice cream place? Is it Gray's or? Um, um there's they Pebbles. They have a good ice cream shop. Pebbles. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, they have really good ice cream shop. But like you said, go for the shops. Cool little shops. Cool little downtown. You know, stuff like that. But yeah, rock, the Rock. You will be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Wildly. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, do we have anything else for him this week? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and we are so glad that you made it out alive. And be sure to come back next week when our haunt brings us to Lynn Lithgow. So until then, happy camping. Bye. As always, thank you for joining us. Come back next week if you're brave enough.
for those looking to take it one step further, be sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram. And check out our terrifying new website too, sypopodcast.com, and spread the word. Tune in on all major platforms.